Well, in Luke chapter 21, uh, Jesus warns the people of his day about an event in their future. It is an event of literally apocalyptic proportions, an event that has cosmic significance. Now, as you listen to this, you're thinking he's talking about the second coming, which is right, but actually there's something else he talks about first. Uh, and you see that if you come back with me to the beginning of the passage. Right? Look, in verse 5 of Luke chapter 21, uh, some of Jesus' disciples are admiring the temple. Uh, and Jesus told them in verse 6 that the day would come that there was not, not be left one stone upon another. Uh, the temple would be completely destroyed. And so they ask him in verse 7, Teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And so he gave them many signs of things that would happen before the temple was destroyed. Started in verse 8 with false teachers. They continue on in verse 9 and 10 to 19. Nations rising against nations, earthquakes, famines, believers brought before kings and governors, uh, some of them even being killed. All signs of things that would happen before the temple is destroyed. And then in verse 20, Jesus speaks about Jerusalem surrounded by armies. Uh, in verse 21 and 22, he describes a terrible siege. And in verse 24, Jerusalem finally falls. And so you know the destruction of the temple is about to happen. The signs that Jesus describes in verse 8 to 24 are signs that should have warned the people of his day about this terrible, terrible event. Because that's the great disaster that was going to come upon him, upon, upon them. But the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple as an act of God's judgment also points forward to a greater act of future judgment. It in itself is a warning of this, this bigger act that is going to take place. And that bigger judgment is pictured in verse 25 to 28. And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and waves people fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Right? The picture here is of turmoil at a cosmic level. Signs in the sun, moon, and stars is an Old Testament picture language uh, that refers to the day of the Lord, the day when God comes to judge the world and save his people. But when it comes, this is what it looks like in verse 27. And they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Uh, remember how last week Pastor Dennis showed us the Son of Man in the clouds approaching the Ancient of Days in Daniel 7. That's what happened when Jesus ascended. But remember, he's coming back in the same way. And so the day of the Lord is the day of the Lord Jesus. Jesus will return to judge the world and save his people. Now, the siege of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple would be terrible things. Jesus himself wept over Jerusalem a few chapters ago as he foresaw this destruction. But for believers, there's a, another side to anticipating it. Jesus says in verse 28, Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Right? As a signs that point to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, and indeed the second coming happen, believers can actually also be encouraged. 
in the midst of the terrible turmoil and suffering they would face, they could also have hope. Because beyond the suffering, beyond the turmoil, would come their redemption. Jesus would come not only to judge the world, but to save his people. In verse 29 to 31, Jesus gives his hearers the parable of the fig tree. When the leaves come, he said, you know that summer is already near. So also, he says in verse 31, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Now, obviously, these things here that Jesus speaks about doesn't include his second coming itself, huh? because they are the signs that show that the coming of the kingdom is near, not already came. Right? So when you see the warning signs, you see the warnings, you know that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. And what are those warnings? Well, all the things that laid up to the siege of Jerusalem and then its destruction. The things that Jesus asked about at the beginning. And Jesus warns us here is that these things would happen soon. And truly I say to you, verse 32, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. And friends, that is exactly what happened. Luke himself would tell us about many of these signs in the book of Acts, which brings us to the mid-60s of the first century. The siege and fall of Jerusalem happened in AD 70, and the temple was destroyed just as Jesus said. And all that happened in that generation, just as Jesus said. Everything leading up to, but not including, the actual second coming. And so what is next on God's agenda in this passage? Well, it's the day of the Lord, isn't it? It's the return of Jesus. The coming of the kingdom in all its fullness. And friends, it is about to happen. Now, it's been about to happen for a very long time. A long time from our point of view. But the day, a day for the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The prophecy has been correct so far. The signs have all happened. So you can know that the day of the Lord will certainly come. Jesus guarantees it. Back in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah said, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Jesus takes it a step further. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus will come again, that is certain. The signs that he gave in this passage have been fulfilled. So as you face the troubles of life, as you wait for his coming, lift up your heads, be encouraged. It's as if Jesus is at the door, his hand, his hand is on the handle. He can open the door anytime. Your redemption is near. And any one of these days, anyone, he will open the door and come in. But the coming of the kingdom, the coming of Christ, is not necessarily a happy event for everyone. I remember as a primary school child, praying to God that Jesus would not come back yet because I wasn't ready. Are you ready for the coming of Jesus? If you're someone who does not have Jesus as your Savior and your King, then, then you are not ready. Please come to Jesus without delay. 
For he came the first time to save the world, but when he comes again, he will come to judge the world. That will be the day of the Lord. It's a terrible day when God finally pours out his wrath against human sin. And all who have sinned would face his fierce condemnation. We would have no hope for that day of judgment except that God, in his abounding and great love, has given us a way of escape. Jesus himself bore the awful wrath of God against human sin on the cross so that he can freely offer us forgiveness. On the day he died on the cross, the sun was darkened. The day of the Lord came early in him for those who believe. So they don't need to fear the future day of the Lord, but can be assured that their, their punishment has been exhausted in him. Otherwise, the day of the Lord would bring eternal destruction, far, far worse than the destruction of Jerusalem for the generation that first heard this warning. So please don't be on the wrong side of the day of the Lord. Turn to Jesus as your Savior and your King today. Know his love and forgiveness and acceptance today. Be assured that you are his and find your refuge in him for that day by submitting to him as your King and your Savior now before it's too late. But the main application, in fact, the, the main warning that Jesus gives in this passage is to people who are already believers. We too need to be ready. Jesus is talking to his disciples here when he says in verse 34, watch yourselves. Be on your guard. He says in verse 36, stay awake. Uh, not literally saying can't sleep, huh? but he's saying be vigilant. So he's actually saying the same thing twice, right? Watch yourself, be vigilant. Be careful. Look out. And the thing that you'd look out for in verse 34 is your heart. Your heart. Not your behavior, first of all, as important as it is, but your heart. Not your ministry, as important as it is, but your heart. Not whether you're active on committees or attend growth group or you come to church every Sunday. All those things very, very important to help you persevere in the faith. Don't neglect church. Don't neglect ministry. But first and foremost, your heart. Jesus says, look out for the danger to your heart. And the danger is that your heart will be weighed down or burdened or troubled. Now, three things here that he says could weigh down your heart. The first one is dissipation. Second one is drunkenness. They're both very similar because the word translated dissipation here makes, means excessive indulgence in alcohol, and I don't have to tell you what drunkenness is. The third one is the cares of this life or the worries, the anxieties, the concerns of normal daily living. And what these things have got in common is they distract our hearts from what's really important. If we are affected by alcohol or other drugs, we're not thinking about the things of God. Or we can get so caught up with the normal problems and challenges of life that we don't think of God. And instead of pressing on in loving God and loving others, instead of serving God and obeying the Great Commission, instead of growing more like Christ, we just forget about Him. And if that happens, and we are not prepared, then that day, verse 34, will suddenly come upon us like a trap. For it will, verse 35, come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. 
And we realize that where once we were following Jesus, we have now wandered far from him. And instead of being ready for Jesus and rejoicing in his presence, we'll be, we'll be in the same boat as those who don't know him. So Jesus says, watch out. Don't let your heart be weighed down with all those things. What is it that is weighing your heart down? That's stopping you from progressing in the faith? Maybe it is some kind of habit like drugs or excessive alcohol. Maybe it's an addiction to pornography or an obsession with social media or computer games or hobbies or trading or particular friendship group or even a particular genre of literature. Some of those things are obviously sinful. Some are good blessings when used in the right way. But if it's weighing down your heart, if it's stopping you from running the race towards Jesus, if it's keeping you from him, if it's stopping you from growing in him, then, then something's terribly wrong. Don't let anything, good or bad, prevent you from following Jesus and being ready for him when he returns. Keep asking yourself, do I love this more or do I love Jesus more? And if you love Jesus more, then work out what he wants you to do about this. And if you need help, then get help. Because that's what God gave you brothers and sisters for. Don't let anything take your heart away from Jesus. But sometimes it's just the normal cares and worries of the world that weigh us down and stop us from growing. My job, my kids, my parents, my house, my health, my finances. You can't run away from those things. But you still can't let them take you away from Jesus. Don't let your heart be weighed down with even those things that you forget the Lord. Watch yourself. Be vigilant. Stay awake. And Jesus doesn't just tell us to stay awake. He also tells us how. Verse 36, he says, Stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus wants us to pray that we will escape these dangers. If there are things that weigh you down, what do you do? Pray that you might escape them. If there are things that are troubling you, whether it's your job or your family or health, turn them into prayer. Keep bringing them back to God. Let them drive you to the Father, not away from Him. And as you pray about those things, don't just pray about them, but pray above all that your heart won't be so burdened by them that you neglect God, that you forget about Jesus that you stop loving him and following him. That would be the greatest disaster of all. We pray about many things. Do pray that we would be given the strength to keep loving, trusting, and following Jesus to the end, whatever challenge we face. So brothers and sisters, we have seen today the signs that Jesus gave us. They have been fulfilled. We have seen the certainty of Jesus coming. It is very certain. And we've seen the implications of Jesus coming. We need to watch ourselves and to pray.
pray, brothers and sisters, every day that you might stand before Jesus when he comes, confident and grateful that your redemption is here. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that your Son, Jesus Christ, is indeed coming again to judge the world and to save his people. Thank you that he has given us this time to prepare for his coming. And we pray that each one of us here today, whether on site or online, would be ready for him when he returns. May his coming be the day of our redemption, our rescue from the troubles of this world, that we might enjoy you forever in your everlasting kingdom. So bring us all to him now as our Savior and King, and help us to watch and pray that our hearts may not fall away from him while we wait. Give us the strength, we ask to keep loving, trusting, and obeying the Lord Jesus until he comes. We ask this in his name. Amen.